0: There comes a time in everyone's life when something drastic happens that changes everything. For me, that day was exactly 30 years ago to the day. As of the publishing of this episode, which is on September 23rd, 2023, it marks the 30th anniversary of a day that completely changed my life. It was a day that made me realize that life doesn't always go the way you expect it to, that you can have a plan but that that plan may not come to fruition. It also made me realize that I was not invincible and I was not immortal. So on this special episode, I'd like to tell you a story. So friends, are you ready? Three, two, one, let's go. Hey everyone, what's going on? I'm Mike Fancher and welcome to this special episode of the MindFit Method podcast. I'm very excited that you guys tuned in for this episode today, although I have to say it will be a very personal story about me. Something that happened to me exactly 30 years ago for the publishing of this episode. Um, It was a day that started in a really great way for multiple reasons. And it was a day that ended with unfortunately a lot of trauma and a lot of pain. But as we find with so many other things in life, it takes trauma, it takes pain to shape the person that you become, to help you rewrite your story, regardless if you already had chapters written that you thought were going to be the way that everything was going to go. So let me begin. So on September 23rd, 1993, it was a Saturday, just as today is 30 years later. And on that day, I was pretty excited because I had a morning cross-country meet. Uh, I was a senior in high school at that time. Uh, It was an invitational meet on the day, and I was pretty stoked. I had trained hard all summer long. Um, I was in really, really good shape. Um, It was the summer, if you guys remember me telling you the story, that I was running all summer long with a log on my back. I actually did that for multiple summers because uh, I didn't know any better. But yes, it was something that I did. I was really, really stoked for the day. Uh, I ran the invitational race, ran one of the best times I, I had ever run in my cross-country career as a high school athlete. And it would also be the last day I would ever run a cross-country race. I remember getting home sometime afternoon that day and I was pretty stoked. I was just having a great day. It was a gorgeous day outside. Um, I was really excited about my time, I was feeling really good, and I grew up in Hamburg, New Jersey, so I had one neighbor, um, he was a really good friend of mine, his name was Frank, he came over and we started talking for a while. Frank and I tend to spend a lot of time talking about martial arts, as it was something that both of us were very much into, and all summer long, I had been working to finally be able to do a split. It was something that was very important to me. I was a Jean-Claude Fandam fanatic, I guess you could say. And I really, really wanted to be able to do a split. And I practiced every single day uh, to really improve my flexibility to get my way there. And on that day, I remember he came over. We were talking at my front door for a little bit. And there was um, our front steps were concrete. We had a bigger step and then a smaller step to go onto our sidewalk. And I stepped off the bigger step, down the smaller step, stepped into the grass, And I was like, hey, check this out. And boom, I hit my split. So after just running a 3.2 mile race that I absolutely ran a fantastic time in, I was so excited. Um, My adrenaline, I'm sure, was still pumping at that point. I step into the grass and boom, I pop a split right there. And I remember Frank being all excited, you know, for me, I was excited. It was a really, really good day. And it was something I was very, very happy with. And I remember... I wanted to go out that night i wanted to go out with some friends and um no one really kind of wanted to go but for whatever reason i really wanted to go out that night and i kind of pushed everybody and everyone finally agreed so it wound up being a double date that night and wound up going to a mini golf place in jefferson new jersey it's no longer there it's on uh, route 15 and i you know had a great time that night everything was great By the evening time, rain had set in, and uh, it got really dark, really rainy, and we were pulling out of the mini golf place to head back down Route 15 South to go down to the Rockaway Mall to hang out there for a little while. I remember pulling up to the stop line, and I was driving a uh, Dodge Daytona Turbo Z, a little red sports car. It was my pride and joy and something I was very, very proud of. and remember pulling up to the stop sign. I looked left. I looked right. And there was no reason to look right because it was only a one way. I think it was just out of habit. And I was a young driver. I looked left again. And then I looked forward. And I hit the gas. Didn't see anybody coming. Still to this day, can't remember anybody coming. But somebody was coming. In fact, it was a Jeep Wrangler. And it hit directly into my driver's side door at around 65 miles an hour. I don't remember the headlights. I don't remember the squealing tires. I don't remember the crash. The next thing that I remember, I was cold. And I remember um, the person that we, the couple we had double dated with that night, um, he was an EMT and he got into the back of the car uh, to support my head. I had no idea that I had just been broadsided directly into my driver's side door at an incredibly high rate of speed. Um, and I remember him saying to me, Hey, you know, are you, are you okay? Um, and he was holding my head. I didn't understand why, why he was holding my head. I didn't really understand where I was. I was very confused. And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like what, what's going on? What happened? And he said, Mike, you were in a car accident. And I remember I had bought my car from my father and it was his pride and joy as much as it was my pride and joy. and. I think the first thing I said to him at that point was, oh shit, my, you know, my dad's going to be pissed. And he's like, Mike, I'm just, I'm glad you're okay. Like walk with me through this a little bit. Can you move your arms? Can you move your right arm? I moved my right arm. I was fine. So like, can you move your left arm? And I could, I was like, you know, I'm kind of stuck though. And I, I just, I couldn't get my bearings. I didn't understand where I was. I remember being stuck. I could move my arm. It felt a little funny. Um, like I had pins and needles in it but I could move it. He goes, all right, let's move your your right leg. And I moved my right leg a little bit. I said, yeah, dude, I'm fine. I'm totally fine. He's like, why don't you move your left leg a little bit, but go easy. And I went to move my le- left leg and an incredible amount of pain literally just like struck through my entire body. And I was like, oh my gosh, that really hurts. He goes, okay. He's like, yeah, he's like, you know, a car hit directly into your driver's side door. And it was... A moment. It was so surreal. It was almost like an out-of-body experience. Um, I'm guessing the pain actually made me black out because I don't remember anything else except for a slight memory in which I remember someone screaming. Um, I didn't know who was screaming. I don't think I really recognized the voice, but someone was screaming, and I'll get back to that later because there is a story behind that. Uh, the next thing I remember. I was sitting in an emergency room table. Um, My dad was standing next to me at that point. And, you know, I could see he was visibly upset. My dad was generally a rock. He didn't show a whole lot of emotion, but I could see it written all over his face at that point. And I remember I had an itch on the left side of my face. I went to go itch it. He's like, no, 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 Don't, don't touch it. And what I didn't realize was that The left side of my cheekbone was hanging out of my face, unfortunately, and I know it's a little graphic. I'm sorry. Um, I had a huge gash on the side of my face um, that was actually exposing my skull, and I had broken my leg. I broke the ball right off my femur. The femur is the most uh, dense and toughest bone in the body, Um, but even that bone doesn't do so well when it's up against a several thousand pound Jeep Wrangler moving at a high rate of speed. I remember asking him if he thought I would be able to finish the cross-country season. And I remember the look on his face and I kind of said it all, but he said, no, Mike, I, I think your cross-country season is, is done. At that point, I remember taking my hand and kind of slamming it down on the emergency room table because uh, I was really frustrated. I felt like I was peaking um, and I had a plan. I knew everything that I wanted to do from that point forward. And what I was going to learn over the next couple days, weeks, months is that that plan is very similar to the plan that Mike Tyson has often talked about. Mike Tyson has been known to say, everyone has a plan when they get in the ring until they get punched in the face. Well, that was a day that I definitely got punched in the face. I don't remember a whole lot after that. I sort of remember meeting with a plastic surgeon that evening um, who had to put 110 stitches into my face. He had to replace or repair both the... um, Facial muscle underneath the skin, as well as the skin itself. Um, I sort of remember a surgeon coming in telling me that I was going to have hip surgery and that they were going to have to put uh, plates and pins in my hip. Um, all things that to me sounded like something that they would be doing to a 70 or 80 year old, um, not to a 17 year old. Because when you're 17, you think you're invincible, you think you're indestructible, you think you're immortal. And on that day, I learned really fast that that was not the case. And from there, I don't really remember a whole lot until I woke up from surgery. And when that happened, when that happened and I woke up, I remember really having to go to the bathroom, really having to go to the bathroom and uh, trying to get out of bed to stand up. And as soon as I got out of bed, I had extreme pain. And I remember calling for help because I still was discombobulated. I didn't know where I was. I didn't fully know what was happening. I had pain. I'm in a hospital room. Uh, I remember the nurses coming in and kind of yelling at me to get back in bed and they had to help me do it. Um, But it was was a rough experience. Um, I remember amazing things from that time too. I remember my entire cross-country team coming to visit me in the hospital, you know, where you're only supposed to have two visitors at one time. And I remember waking up and having tons and tons of visitors, but I remember sleeping a lot. I kept going in and out. Um, it was a lot of trauma. It, It was, a it was a big car accident and one that I quite obviously never saw coming. As I look back now, there's something that happened during that time that I don't think, um, I've really thought about a whole lot before. And it may have been one of the first days that I realized the power of the MindFit method. And yes, of course, I'm tying it back to that, the ability of using exercise to enhance neurological function. But I remember being so out of it all the time. I just couldn't get, I couldn't get myself to focus. I I had no drive. I had no energy. And I remember the hospital would not let me leave. I would believe I was in the hospital for about seven days. The hospital would not let me leave until... I could go to the bathroom until I could get up. And you know, I was just so frustrated. I, I it wasn't, I didn't feel like me. And I remember at one point they put one of those trapeze things over the top of my bed because they needed it to help me pull myself up. Uh, they were using it a little bit in giving me some physical therapy while I was in the bed. And I remember looking up the one day and I was getting really, really annoyed with myself, really frustrated. And I looked up. And I unhooked the trapeze so it hung down a little bit lower, and I started doing mini pull-ups on the on the trapeze while I'm lying in bed. I couldn't go very high because if I went too high, it caused pain in my hip. But I did enough that it actually. I remember getting a pump in my biceps, and I remember the nurse coming in and being very upset with me. I was definitely a problem patient, I guess you could say that way. But I remember her yelling at me not to do things like that. But if I look back now, it helped me gain my focus. It helped me regain my drive and my inspiration to get moving and to get out of there. And what I didn't realize was the night of the car accident, the orthopedic surgeon, Dr. Robert Petroselli, who I still see to this day, 30 years later, for my follow-up visits, um, Dr. Petroselli told my dad that night that although young people tend to heal very well. Young people actually have very poor blood flow to the hip area, and that there was a risk of me actually developing hip problems later in life because of that. I didn't know that that conversation had happened at the time, but I would learn later that that doctor was 100% correct. And that hip took a really long time to heal. In fact, normally, you break a bone, things start to heal in 6-8 weeks. I went to the point where i was months and months and although the plate the pin and the four screws were holding the hip together the bone would not fuse and the insurance company that we had my car insurance company would not approve a special unbelievably expensive device called a bone stimulator that would restart the signals from my brain and send electrical impulses in i couldn't feel anything But they wouldn't approve that for months and months and months until I think I hit about the seven month mark um, before they finally approved it. Well, that was an awful lot of time for the ball of my femur to not receive any blood flow. After I did receive the uh, device, I think it was about four to six weeks, and the bone completely fused. It's a shame looking back that they didn't do that much earlier in the process because I may not have had some of the future issues that I was going to find myself having in the years to come. Uh, Finally, the hip did fuse. Um, I was feeling pretty good. I was back to myself. I was back working out again. And the plan after high school that I had was to go in the military. My dad was in law enforcement. I wanted to be in law enforcement. And I saw the military as a way to. Uh, be able to follow that path. I wanted to go in as military police. And then when I got out, uh, become a police officer. And that was the plan. There was no other plan. That's just what it was going to be. I loved training. I loved fitness. I loved the idea of going through basic training and figuring out, you know, could I be the best to go through basic training? How tough was I? I loved all that stuff, even back then. And eventually what happened was in February of my senior year we had a recruiting event um, at my high school. And the recruiter that I had been talking to for months who told me everything was fine, I was going to be good to go, don't worry about the car accident, everything's good, he started kind of avoiding me that day. He really, I could tell he really didn't want to talk to me. And I remember it was in the library of the high school. I walked up to him and I said, look, man, I'm good. Like, everything's good. We're good to go, right? Everything's set. And he looked at me and he said yeah man we're we're good the only thing is that you have to get that hardware out of your hip and that was a shock to me because the doctor had already told me that hardware was not coming out so i replied back to him i said ah man no that that's part of me now but don't worry i'm fine i can run i can do all these things and the recruiter looked me dead in the face and i remember this as clear as day and said well son Thanks, but no thanks, because you're a liability now. And I didn't even know what to say. I was heartbroken. That was my plan. There was no plan B. That was the plan. That's what it was going to be. And when you're 17 and you have a plan, why would that plan not come to fruition? Why would you have to pivot? Why would you have to change? You're 17. You're indestructible. You're immortal. You're invincible until you're not. And that's exactly how I wound up Going to college, going to SUNY Cortland for exercise science, um, because that wound up being what plan B had to be. And again, I love training, I love fitness, and it seemed like the logical next step. I enjoyed my time at Cortland. I had a really great time, met some amazing people, got a great education. Um, But as my college years went by, especially junior year, I started having a lot of pain in my hip. And I hate to say it, but looking back now, that recruiter that pretty much made my dreams go away was right. I was having complications. I was a liability. What I didn't realize is that I had developed a condition called avascular necrosis. What that means is that essentially the ball of my femur died and it was wearing away into nothing. I had lost a full inch length of my left leg. I used to have to get special um, soles cut into my shoes that added an inch of padding um, of sole really to the shoe underneath um, because my legs were such different lengths. And in my senior year of of college, I remember going to the doctor for a follow-up visit and he had a very straightforward bedside manner. Um, I know some people may actually not like that. Others, um, I appreciated that because I just wanted to know where exactly things were at. But this was um, this was a shocker because what he told me was that I was going to need a hip replacement, and hip replacements are something that are done to old people, right? I was a senior in college; I had my whole life in front of me. How was a hip replacement going to fit into this equation? Like I, I couldn't even fathom but I really didn't have a choice. He definitely sent me for second opinions because he wanted to make sure, he was actually hoping he was wrong. He was hoping that there were other procedures that could be done. He wanted to do something called a vascularized fibula graft where he took a piece of bone from my my fibula to see if they could regrow it. However, at the stage that I was of avascular necrosis, um, it was too late for that. So three days after college graduation, I was back on that operating room table and I was the youngest person in New Jersey to ever have a hip replacement at the age of 22. As I look back today, literally 30 years from the day of my car accident, um you know, I remember some very difficult times. I remember being on crutches for 9 months of my senior year of high school. Uh, I remember Being in a lot, so much pain in college that it was very, very difficult to go from a standing to a sitting position because once it touched the part of the bone that was dead, you know, the nerve endings were exposed and it was extremely painful. Um, But I also think about where I am right now and the things that may have happened if that car accident hadn't happened and the things that wouldn't have happened if that car accident hadn't happened. Um, yes, I did not get to go in the military. I did not get to have a career in law enforcement. Maybe that just wasn't meant to be what I was supposed to be. Um, I most likely would not have met my wife. I would have been deployed and probably not have met her, which means I would not have had my three amazing sons. Um, I certainly would not have had the career that I have had in my life. I certainly would never have started MindFit USA. I most likely would not have written the book, The MindFit Method, or the book, The Dopamine Intervention. I'm also pretty sure that I would not be speaking to you right now on a podcast called The MindFit Method. So yeah, there were a lot of things that I didn't get to do, but there were things that I got to do that I never imagined that helped make my life what it is today. It helped me achieve goals that I didn't even know I would eventually have. It helped me overcome things that I didn't know whether or not I would have the strength to do it or not. Now, there have been plenty of other times in life where there have been some really big pivots that I had to do. Uh, There have been plenty of times in life where I have failed miserably. There are other times that I have succeeded humbly. The reason that I'm sharing this story with you today is for my own personal, I guess, journaling of it because I can't believe as I looked at the date that it's been 30 years to the day since that car accident. But I also wanted it to be a story and a guide for you to know that if things are not going your way, if you had everything planned out, you knew exactly how everything was going to go, and then everything stopped, you got sideswiped, The floor fell out from underneath you, and things are just not going the way you want. Just know that today you can make a decision. You can come to the realization that it's not going to go out the way that you wanted it to, but that now you get to decide how it happens moving forward. You can't change the past, you can direct your future. When you hit an obstacle that you can't overcome, Sometimes you have to pivot. When you fail, sometimes that failure will lead to other successes that you never even imagined. The key is not necessarily to have a happy life, but to live a fulfilled one. One that you can look back on, even 30 years later, and say, yeah, there was a lot of pain. There was a lot of struggle. Maybe there was even trauma but there was also growth. There were accomplishments, there were successes, there were failures, but I'm here today. You're doing exactly what you need to do to move forward. So to everyone on this day, I pray, and I hope that you stay driven to accomplish all the things that you wanna do, that you wanna accomplish for yourself, for your loved ones, and for everyone else around you. Hey, everybody, don't miss this week's episodes. They are incredible, including one with a two-time Olympian. You guys are going to love it. So stay driven, everybody, and until next time.